hello. Welcome to the Blacker the Berry podcast. This is your lovely host, the Berry Flair, and this is a beautiful episode called Free from Incarceration featuring an amazing guest, Deanna. Hey, Deanna, introduce yourself, please. Tell us where you're from, what you're here to do. Hello, my name is Deanna. I am from Tampa, Florida, Miami, of course, but I live in Tampa as well. <laughs> and I'm here to talk about um, the being free, released from incarceration after 20 years of my life. Yes, yes. Um, I guess I'll just talk a little bit of how we were introduced. One of your good friends went online and was talking about um, you were reaching out to see who could uh, help you get your story out and also um, who could help you talk about your experience in your life as a person who was incarcerated. Um, but as a, a, a trans woman who was incarcerated and for me, like sisterhood is number one, period. Not Absolutely. Um, and so, yeah, I wanted you to come on. I wanted to be able to support you and just sharing space with you so you can share your story. Um, so I don't know if you want to start from the beginning or you want to talk a little bit about um, kind of the book you have in works and why you're here today. But yeah. Well, I'll just let you, I'll let you, uh, you know, drive the, you know, drive the car and I'll just, uh, <laughs> see it on the passenger side. I'll let you do what needs to be yeah. done. I ask whatever needs to be asked and then we'll go from there. We can start in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. So if you want to talk about, you can talk about either or your, if you want to talk about your book first, or you can talk about, um, your experience and how you got to this point where you are now after, uh, two decades, um, incarcerated. Okay, well, well, first off, I started out, like I said, in Miami, Florida. I started out um, really young. You know what I mean? I, I, I was living with my grandmother when I was, when I, I stayed with my mom from one to six. And then from six to 12, I was with my grandmother, immediately mm-hmm. Tucker. I was with her. And then from there, she had got sick. She had uh, got diabetes. And she had lost one of her legs. So they had to amputate one of her legs. And then mm-hmm. from there, I went into... Um, foster, a uh, foster care. I went into foster care mm. from like the ages of like the ages of twelve all the way to eighteen. Yeah. And then from there, I went on my own. I got my own place when I turned eighteen. And then I um I stayed in my own place. I think I stayed there for like two years. And then I had got caught up in the streets, as you know. I started hanging with the wrong people, and I started doing the wrong things, of course. And then it ended me up in jail. And then from jail, I went to jail one time, and then I got out. I went to jail for for like I I think I, I had like I had like grand theft. I had stole a couple of things out of out of a mall. I stole like over three thousand dollars worth of like merchandise out of a mall. Yeah. And then after that, I went to jail a second time. And then after the second time, they put me on probation. Yes. They put me on probation for eighteen months. Eighteen months. I couldn't do no probation because I was working at the time. And then I was under high, high, you know, security, uh, restrict probation. Okay. And I had to be home at a certain time. And if I wasn't home, this guy would violate me, the PO, the parole officer. Yeah. And, if, and if I didn't um, be home when he came, they would automatically, like, put a warrant out for my arrest. It was just like he was really targeting me. Yeah. 
I think so. Me and the probation thing couldn't. It didn't work. Yeah, I think just even hearing, you know, the beginning of your story is so. um, What's I think going to be so much impactful is that so many people they don't have your exact experience because they are not you, right? But they do have similar situations, right? And I don't think people talk enough about even the foster care system and how that in many ways bleeds into our, you know, punitive prison system as well, you know? Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, it's just, it's, it's really something to see. I'm, I'm interested in, you know, tell me if this is going off on a tangent. I'm like interested in knowing like how were your school support like did you have support at school were people trying to support you knowing that you you know were navigating many spaces whether it be in foster care or just like with living with different family members and stuff well i was in, I, I went to i went to I, you want to know what schools i went to no i really just want to know were they supportive of you as a oh, young no, person no 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 i i, I had a couple of friends that went to school with me like like uh, like from elementary all the way up into high school because i was expelled from high school i'm not gonna lie to you because my mm. girlfriend her name was ayana her boyfriend had attacked her in the school yeah and we were going to east bay high school so her boyfriend had uh, jumped on her so i called myself stepping up for her because he had really beat on a real baby yeah because he had cheated on her with a girl okay and she decided to leave him okay and so he was not taking no for an answer, so she left him in. One day she arrived back to school, and he had attacked her inside the school, like right in front of the locker room. He attacked her. He beat her up. He blacked her eye, pulled all her hair. It was crazy. He tore her clothes up. He beat her up in the bed. So I attacked this guy. Because you tried to protect your guy. friend. I immediately attacked this guy. This was her mm-hmm. ex-love. This was her boyfriend at the time. Yeah. And... They expelled me out of school, high school, meaning they forced me out, meaning they said I could never go back to public wow. schools in Dade County, Hillsborough County, nowhere in Florida. I could not go back to a public school, a public school. So that, it was really a lack of support in general, you feel, when yes, it came to school. it really was. It really, and I was defending someone else. She was my best friend, one of my best friends. Yeah, wow. So it wasn't even my belt. It was her belt. And, but you wanted you know to protect your friend, and it's like... They were like, no nonsense. We're not trying to hear that. I mean, I'm wondering what kind of accountability was given to that young man for, you know, attacking your friend. But it's just- well, they had they they didn't expel him, but they suspended him for like 15 days. He got suspended, but he was able to come back to the school. I was not able to come back. I was expelled because I did a little. I did some really really drastic stuff, too, and I really really messed him up really bad. Oh, okay. And, and, and when I did that, I started a whole riot so then that led to them wanting to expel you. Yes, because I had girlfriends. I had a, I had a big entourage as well, too, like good friends of mine. Yeah. I had, I had friends that they were living in, like, um, some was living in Y Mama. They were living in Y Mama. Some was living in Progress Village. This was all certain cities, like in Florida. Okay. Cities. Do you feel so, like when you talk about or think about, like, the foster system, the school system, different things like that. Um, where do you feel like Florida stands on those things? Like, do you feel like they have a good system in place or it's a system that is 
kind of like led you to kind of be in more of a predicament? I feel I feel like it was targeted more towards um, you know Caucasian folk. I don't think they really because the schools I went to they were like ninety five percent was Caucasian and oh. the other five percent was our uh, Black Americans. Uh, I'm gonna just say Americans, okay. you know, people of color. Yeah, yeah. Wow. But these were these were these were really they were public schools and you know how public schools are. They're not like private schools. Yes, it's I like, absolutely they know don't that. Much. It's like it's anything goes in a public school. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I was learning and a bit like, yeah. about the different sectors of, of of schooling, and I won't get into detail. But we were talking a little bit before about just um, you know, and I don't know if the people who are listening know, but I've been working in education for like a decade now. I've never worked in you know the state of Florida, but I have worked now here in uh, the state of Louisiana, um, the state of New York, and the state of California. And um, part of my work has been very much targeted towards moving us out of school-to-prison pipeline systems where kids are getting expelled and suspended and without actual support, like thinking about what support looks like for the families and young people when they do negatively impact each other or, um, or community. But just, I mean, just hearing that it, it already just seems like it, it was a lack of support, even for your friend, you know, oh, yeah. that a young oh, man yeah, could but, come in and see, even she attack had a, she, her. She had, a, she, had a, she had a strong family support system, mm-hmm. right? Which is great, which is wonderful. You know, like, that's so important. But when your family's not around, you want the school to be able to be there to that's right. protect that's right. your because kids, had, you know? They, because they had, they had security there. Mm-hmm. They had security there, but he chose not to get involved in it. They mm-hmm. had security at the school and all these things. Yeah. So they were aware that they were lovers. They were aware of all of that. So they, yeah. that they wasn't aware of Everybody throughout the whole school was aware of their relationship. Yeah. But they wasn't aware of him messing around with her. That's okay. what they wasn't aware of. Of course. I mean, that's a bit personal. I mean, I don't I don't want to go off on a, like, I mean, I guess I really wanted to know more about that because I wanted to know how do you feel like maybe that expulsion um, contributed to, um, like, future things that happened. Um, oh, yeah. It, had, oh, it played a part. Because why would you? I, I I really had my mindset on education at one time. Yeah. And then once they once I got expelled out of school, it's like I really just like I, I lost my passion for it. I mm-hmm. lost interest in it. And then that's when you feel like you you know had to um, you know participate more in street culture. Oh yeah, I had to dynamics. turn to the street. Well, I well I, I turned to the street looking for support and guidance, but I didn't get that. Mm. That didn't happen. That didn't happen. I thought it was going to happen, but it didn't. Oh, trust me, it went a whole nother direction. Yeah. I mean, that's what ended me up in jails and in prison. Yeah. But I I guess without sharing so much detail, because I want people to look forward to reading, you know, your book. What? Yeah, because I'm trying. And see, that's the thing I hate about that, too, because you have all Mm -hmm. this, all this. These so-called like same-sex people out here in California, and they do the work supposedly, especially in San Francisco where I was living at when I first moved here back in eighteen. And it's like, girl, they don't want to. They don't want the only people they want to support out here, girl, is Caucasians, 
Filipinos, mm. Latinos, that's it, girl. They do not want to support women of color, period. And it I, matter if you I got hear that. Going on. I guess to realign our audience, like, I don't think they know that you currently, you know, live in, in the Bay Area, right? So Yeah, I'm in Oakland now. I stay in Oakland yeah. now, but I started out in San Francisco. Okay. So you eventually moved from, like, um, Florida and after you were incarcerated, and you're now in um, Oakland, Oakland, California. Oakland, California. And I do really want to talk more about that, right? I, I, I totally, as a person who lived in the Bay Area, I very much can identify with people not truly wanting to support um, black, especially black femme or mass identity, but especially black femme identifying people, whether trans, whether uh, even cis black women, you know, because that is my experience. Uh, but I, I definitely, I can't speak on your experience, but I definitely can agree about it being some systematic and, and, and social prejudices um, when it comes to the Bay Area, when it comes to, you know, black femme identifying people but just to backtrack just a little bit um and we can come back to the bay area dynamic do you want to talk more about how you feel um once like how did like having to participate or find support in the streets contribute to leading you to be incarcerated oh yeah because the things i did when i was in the street you know like I used to be, um, I used to be, I used to be a clippy. I don't know if you know what that means, but I'll break it down to you, right? Repeat the word. I, clip, it's called clipping. C-L-I-P-P-I-N-G, clipping. That okay. means you get in someone's car, right? And you, you, you snatch their walk. Okay. And then you, you get out. Okay. It's like, it's because I was at a time in my life where, when I had lost my job in Miami, I had lost my job. I didn't get fired. I just lost, I don't know what happened, but it's like, I went back to work one day, and then it was like the building was gone. I don't wow. know what happened. Like the building vanished. I don't know. It was just an empty lot. And I had been working there for like five years at that place. Mm-hmm. And it was a telemarketing service. You know, you call people and you tell them about the bills that they owe and they need to pay their bills and things like that. So it was really like a customer service thing. It was called Finger Hut. It yeah. was a customer service thing. And 85% was black people there. 85% was black people. Mm-hmm. Because my, because Miami South Beach is is black people, a lot of black people there. So that's Dade County three hundred five. So that's where I was. That was that's where I'm originally from. Yeah. But I've also lived in Tampa as well. Like I said, I've lived all over Florida. Yeah. So I ain't only just lived in one spot. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. I lived in. I lived all over Florida. Your so, experience is vast throughout the state. Yes, it it's like nationwide. It's like universal. I, Word. I, I, because um, like I said. Go ahead, Deanna. What were you saying? Because like I said, you know what I mean? It's like I really raised myself because it's like me and my mom, we never got along. So it's mm. like I don't know what type of stuff she was on, but it's like she put people and things before me, like males and money. I don't know what she was on. And she had me as a child. She was 14 years old herself when she got pregnant. So it's like it's a, it was a child carrying another child inside of their womb. Yeah. You know what I'm so her whole concept about a child, she knew nothing about that. You know, trying to raise a child and carry. I don't know how she ended up pregnant with me. And 
did not, and I was her only child. Mm-hmm. And I thank God that she didn't have any more because she didn't even take care of me. So, like, I don't know. And, and you know, like I said, I disliked her for many, many years for that because I felt like she did a bad to me. And that was kind of gross. And that really turned me to the streets, too. You yeah. know, because if you don't have any support for your family, who can you get support from? Yeah. So it's like, it's many things, it's many reasons, child, why I turned to the street. You know, and like I said, girl, it's like, even today, I have trust issues with people. I don't trust people, girl, because of my past experiences, girl, with people. Mm-hmm. So it's very valid why I feel the way Absolutely I feel. Absolutely valid. Absolutely valid. I, um, I guess without getting into much detail, like, what are things that you want people to know? Like, if you could... If you could talk to your younger self, if you could talk to younger people, what is some lessons that you would want them to learn from 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 you, from your experience? First of all, I would tell them never to look to the street for comfort and support. Because, you mm. know, so many children of color, that's what they do. If they can't get it at home, they'll turn to the streets for them. What are other options you feel? What you what you can do is you need to like try to find you a boys and girls club and get into it, and you need to try to do something like that a boys and girls club, or you need to try to find you a big brother or big sister, and it don't have to be your family; it could be a stranger, a somebody that's willing to give you the support that your family and so called friends may not give you. Mm-hmm. You need to look for that. You need to look for that in somebody or something. You need to do that. And number two, never ever feel like. You need somebody that doesn't want to be there for you and be in your corner. Never feel like you need them. What I mean by that is never chase them. Never go behind someone that not that you can't benefit from. Always deal with someone where you can benefit from. Mm-hmm. Get some support from. Get some comfort from. Get whatever you may need. You know, whatever the person may need, because we all need different things in life. Mm-hmm. So this is very, very, this, this is very, very mature. You know, behavior. Don't take the road I took because I was not a good example for people. Yeah. I was not. I was not a good example. I really wasn't. But that came from my background. That came from my dysfunctional background. Yeah. So I had a reason to do what I did. I'm not saying it's justified. I'm just saying it it made sense at that time to do what I had to do to survive. You would and tell, turn to the streets. That's you, what I had to do. Would you tell your younger self that? The very words yeah, I would, tell my, was, I would tell my younger self today, never look for, uh, you know, support in the streets, you know, mm. because the streets don't love nobody. The streets mm. don't respect or love nobody. Because so it's about survival. Never do that. Yeah, our mindsets in survival mode is, um, you know, it, it, it can lack some moral compass, right? Um, and, and, I, I've I've learned some things in my life around that is when you are in survival mode, you don't think from a place of of caring always, not even for yourself. You know, absolutely, absolutely. And so, it, absolutely, it's it's, it's absolutely. sometimes very difficult in the moment. And oh, yeah. like you were saying, that's what really resonated with me is the part you said about finding people that can be supportive to you, right? So sometimes when you're caught up in it, you don't end up around those type of people, right? So it's like when you do, 
I just think about knowing how to identify those people. You know what I mean? Were were there people in, in your life when you were younger that maybe you felt like, um, or even now, that you feel like, yes, these people align with what, where I see my future, where I see myself, how I want to be, where I want to go? Yeah, I mean, you know, be, uh, to me, but you know, you one thing I want people to understand too, right? Mm-hmm. Listen, and, and, I, and I want the audience to understand this, and I want them to also be aware of this. You can be friends with somebody for two years, right, or three years, or however long, and still don't know the person. Facts. Because people change every day and all day. And a lot of times, you don't always have to do something to a person for them to mm-hmm. change. Exactly. It's maybe they'll just maybe sometimes they just come in your life for a season mm-hmm. to do what needs to be done. And once they do what needs to be done, they vanish. They walk away. Or maybe you may just like fall out with them. But you know, it may it could be any little small thing. Yeah. Like they probably did something to you, or they probably like didn't do something that they said they were gonna do. It could be something like something minor like that. So that's why I don't want uh, I don't want that. This is what I'm gonna tell the younger generation because uh, me, I'm old. I, I was born and raised in incarcerated, so I did all of my life in jail and prison, prison mm-hmm. all of my life. So what I would tell you, man, is never, ever get attached to anybody. Mm-hmm. What you need to do is you need to take it day by day and give Absolutely. people as much as they give you. Don't give them no more and mm-hmm. don't give them no less. Whatever they give you, that's what you give them. So if they give you a little bit, you give them a little bit. If they give you a whole lot of them, you give them a whole lot of you. Don't you be the one giving all and you're not receiving anything because that's not a free. Hmm. So these are things that the audience and people in general need to think about because even your love, even somebody that you're in love with, they may go south on you. I hear stories all the time about people that have been married to people 10 to 12 years and then all of a sudden they just walk away. Yeah. yeah. So you got to, you know, you can't, what, what I'm saying is never get attached to anybody because everything in life is temporary. Nothing lasts forever. Exactly. So that's the moral of the that. story. Don't get caught up. Don't get settled. Yes. I think, you Don't know, some things that come up when, and even hearing you say that is like, even throughout my life, I've changed so much, right? I've had to catch up with myself as to who I am and where I'm at and how experiences have changed me, you know? So... Of course, it's difficult to then keep up with other people and how often they are changing because they might not even be self-aware of that, you know? Um, So what sticks out to me is like, you're saying, hey, like a part of taking care of yourself is being self-aware, knowing, you know, um, taking it day by day, not a situation where you're like, hey, I know this person for 30 years, so I should just give all of my trust to them. But it's a certain level of knowing how to trust yourself enough to make the decisions that you need to make so that um, you can be protected um, in in any space. I mean, that's what I'm hearing. You could tell me if, if, if that's not what you meant, but those are some things that I heard just from that in general. Like, no, these are that's exactly what I mean. Yeah, I, I, that's just like that's just like my experience in California. See, I got here December the twelfth, eighteen. I got out of prison December the ninth. I got out of prison December the ninth, two thousand eighteen. That was on a Sunday, mm-hmm. and I got here on a Wednesday. 
three days later. So it took me 72 hours to get from Florida to get to here. So wow. I came on a Greyhound bus. Wow. And the prison, the prison paid $351 for the bus ticket, the Greyhound mm-hmm. bus ticket. And I was like, no, you need to give me. That, that's the only thing you gave me, bitch. I done gave you 20 years of my life, and the only thing you gave me was a $351 bus ticket, bitch, to, from Florida to California. That's all. But I had money saved up in my account. But what they did is they gave me, they put all my money on a debit card. Okay. It was on a debit card. The money that I had saved, when I, when I came to California, I didn't come here with nothing but just my money on my debit card because I didn't have anything. I didn't have no fucking, just the clothes that on my back. You know, yeah. I had clothes set into the prison for me. You know, jeans and, you know, a nice shirt, Nike shirt and Nike tennis shoes. So I had all that thought up into the prison for me in a special package, right? Yeah. But the only thing I had was just myself and just my money on my debit card. Mm-hmm. And I had $300 on that debit card. That's all I had on that card. So it was just me and my money. That's it. That's all. I, I didn't have nothing else. So I came out here with nothing. That's what I'm telling you. I came out here with nothing to California. And all these trans people, all these queer people, all these non-binary people, I found everything out here on my own, meaning I found housing on my own. I found medical on my own. I found dental on my own. I did all of this on my own. Now, you got all these organizations out here in California, mm-hmm. these nonprofit organizations. I reached out to every last one of them. And don't you know they did not want to help me? They hung up in my face. They laughed at me. They did all kind of shit. So mm. this, there is no trans, there is no support out here in San Francisco, California, none of that stuff. When it comes to a trans, a black, a person of color, trans woman getting out of prison mm. and that's been all of her life in there and everything she ever worked hard for in Florida, she had to either sell it or lost it. So I got out of prison with nothing. So this is another thing that you need to pay attention to, to the audience. When you go in there, you may have all this stuff before you go in. Mm-hmm. But once you come out, you have nothing. Mm-hmm. So just keep that in mind. So turning to the street again, once again, that's not important. Because I lost everything. I had everything in Florida. But it was all temporary shit. Yeah. And now I, didn't, I don't have anything. So that's what I'm saying, girl. And it can happen in a blink of an eye. Yeah. So we have to think rationally, honey, before we make a move. Because I wasn't thinking rational. Rational. Mm-hmm. When I was 24... When I was 25, when I wasn't thinking rational. I was thinking destructive. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? And I mean, it's because of all my, like I said, my childhood dysfunctional life that I, my family that I was, you know, brought up in. So it's like, girl, it's a lot of trauma. It's a lot of depression. It's a lot of anxiety going on in all of that mess, right? Mm-hmm. Because my mother, she, was a, she wasn't a mother. She was a mom, but she didn't raise me. Yeah. And, my, and my dad, he was a dad. He, was, he wasn't no fucking father because he didn't raise me so it's like my grandmother Minnie Lee Tucker raised me that's raised me until her health failed you see what I'm saying so it's like girl yeah. and now she's dead and gone she died when I was in prison girl so it's like girl it's a lot of shit been going on in my life and I know it's by the grace of God that I'm still here yes what do you want people my first question is what do you want people to get from your story? What do you want to see change? I want people to I want people to see and I want people to understand that you can flourish after a storm. You can still blossom, but it's going to take it's going to take a lot of hard work 
and dedication mm-hmm. from you. From you, you're gonna wanna have to wanna do it. If you don't wanna do it, it's not gonna happen. Because I personally, I didn't think I was gonna ever get out of prison because I had gave up. But it, I had a good friend in prison, and they still in prison right now. They told me they was like, Deanna, you are going to make it out of here. Mm. A lot of other people are going to get killed in here. A lot of other people are not going to make it out of here. But you are going to be one of the fortunate ones to make it out alive. You're not going to die in prison. Mm-hmm. One of my old, old girlfriends told me that. And we'll use their name. We're not going to use their real name, so we'll just say Scott. Because mm-hmm. that's what they go by. S-K-Y, Scott. They mm-hmm. told me that I would make it out. And that was the time somebody showed up and supported you, right? I mean, and they was in prison. They were in prison. They still in prison. They're doing a life sentence. They're never getting mm. out. But they told me that I was going to get out. Yeah. And I did. And I did. And it, and I I didn't even see that in myself. So that just going to show you people will see things in you that in you that you can't see in yourself. Mm-hmm. It's such a it's such a yin and yang, right? I mean, it's that that light and that dark. It's the good and the bad. It's the negative and the positive. It, it, such as life, right? Because for all the people who, you know, you didn't feel supported by, like, your friend, Sky, right? Yeah, Sky, S-K-Y. Sky supported yep. you they and saw that. They in Florida. They still in prison. They saw that in you. Are you still in touch with Sky? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We still talk all the time. I saw them, I see them stuff all the time. Yeah, Listen, yeah. Sky, I met Sky. I met Sky. Sky is older than me. Sky is 49. I'm okay. Okay. Now, but it don't matter. It's, they saw something in me that I didn't even see in myself. Girl, I lost all my family in prison, girl. Mm. Everybody died on me, girl. So I lost all of my people. So it's like, it's just God and me. That's all it is, girl. Mm-hmm. And I don't have any siblings, no brothers and sisters, and none of that. And I don't have no children. None of that stuff. And I don't want any children because I still have to work on me. I, and it's going to take a lifetime to get myself together. So I'm not gonna bring another life into this world. Yeah, and my life is not together. So, and I know that. I know that. And you're so, starting over. What? How oh, do you yeah. think people in general, even if even if they don't have a family member who's incarcerated, even if they you know have never been incarcerated, how do you think that people can support incarcerated people in general? What they need to do is they need to they need to they need to raise money for them and they need to find out who they are, get online, and they need to send them money. People in there, a lot of people in that need help, man, and a lot of people in these prisons and jails are never getting out. They're gonna spend the rest of their life in there. They're in there mm-hmm. for all different reasons and charges. So it's like, girl, they really they that's that's their life now. They're gonna die in there. Mm-hmm. They're not gonna get out. So I think they should do fundraisers, and I think they should send money to the, to these people and support these people inside these prisons. I really do. And the ones that are getting out, mm-hmm. I think they need to open up these type of halfway houses, and they need to they need to have things set up for these people when they get out, so that they can get jobs, all kinds of things, so they can go right into this type of stuff. So reentry the, programs, absolutely. And the, and the state and county has that money to do that. They absolutely, have the money to set do. These programs up. Absolutely, so I they think, do. I, they need to do that. They really do. They need to get up off their ass and do what needs to be done. Yeah, because if you don't do that. They're going to do the same thing they did before they went in. They're going to mm-hmm. turn to the streets again for support. Mm-hmm. They're going to start whatever they did before they went in, they're going to start back doing it. So if they were robbing before they went to prison, they're going to start back doing mm-hmm. it. If they were doing drugs before they went to prison, they're going to start back doing it. And then once they start back doing that, what's going to happen again? They're going to end up back where? In jail and in prison. Fast. So 
prison is does not and jails do not reform people. They only make them worse. They do not reform. I mean, they as do not, I can't they do say not rehabilitate. that I've ever experienced prison, but um, having to having family members who are incarcerated right now, you know, and even before and like you know, as a young person, whether it be cousins, well, mostly you know. My, my cousins older and younger, um, you know, having them tell me firsthand, like, Shay, I've been in here, I read my books, I go to sleep, I eat my food, I go to the yard. Um, but as far as me being rehabilitated, that's not happening. Not at all. Um, God, it's so bad. They put all the education out of the prisons. They don't even want you to educate yourself. It's such, it's such a, it's like, I, I I mean, but that's why I think it's so important that you and so many others share their stories. Like, and this is even for me, like, I'm like, it's even pushing me more to just think about, you know, I get so caught up in like what's going on with me here outside in the world. But like, this is making me think how more can I support, you know, my incarcerated family, you know, because it's just, you know, I'm, you know, like we were talking earlier, you know, I've been working at education for a certain amount of years. And if anybody knows anything about education, like you don't make a ton of money, but you know, I, I do want to support my family. So even if it's not monetary ways that you can support people, what other ways do you feel like um, people can support incarcerated folks what, in general. What, what you do is you you get some books and you send them books that have been there. You send them mm. books like like you get you you get you can set up what you how you do it in the prison and what you do if they in jails or prisons. I don't you, uh, I don't know how they do it out in California, but I know how they do it in Florida. Mm-hmm. What you do is you go to Amazon and you send them books offline because okay. you can't mail them you can't mail them nothing personally from your house. What yeah. you're gonna have to do is you're gonna have to order it offline, and the, the, the Amazon place is gonna have to mail it to the prison. Okay. So say you can send them books, you can send them writing, you like stationary stuff, like envelopes, paper, whatever they may need, pens, whatever they may need, pencils, whatever. But what you do is you contact the prisons first and ask what they are allowed to have in the jails or prisons yeah. before you do anything. Contact the prison first because they'll let you know what they will allow in their prisons and what they won't. So you, that's what you need to do. That's the first thing you need to do. Contact the jails and prisons. And, like, and you say, well, you call and you speak to the warden of the prison. If you can't get the warden, get the, the sergeant or somebody. And you say, well, what can I send, you know, inmates? That, what are they allowed to have inside of those spaces? Mm-hmm. And then they'll tell you on the phone, okay, well, they're allowed to have books. They're allowed to have stationery. They're not allowed to have this. They're not allowed to have that. So what you do is while they're telling you that, you write all that shit down. So you'll know what they can't have and what they can't have. And that's what I do for Scott. See, yeah. Scott can't have nothing but stamps and envelopes. I know what Scott can have. You can't send Scott. You know, I can send them books, but it has to be offline. Mm-hmm. I have to order it on Amazon, and then they have to mail it to the prison. See, you. what I did is I called the prison where Sky is at, and I got verification. And that's what you have to do. That's what you have to do. And uh-huh. then I was in prison, so I know what you're allowed to have and what you're not allowed to have. Exactly. So that uh-huh. made it even... I knew off rip, but I, it, it felt good to hear it again because I don't yeah. want to send something else and they can have and then they reject it and send it back mm. and they won't get it. So it's like you always, whatever you can do, man, to support, you do that. Exactly. And these are little tips. Okay, you call the prison and ask what they can have. 
they'll, they'll, they'll tell you what they can have, honey, but they can't have. I have two, you, I have yeah. two questions. The first one is pertaining to um, how you feel trans people, women, men, uh, black trans people, trans people of color, but it's you can only, I guess, speak from your experience as a trans black woman. How do you feel like what needs to change as far as what it looks like for trans black women in prisons? And then my second question after that is going to be, do you believe that prison should be abolished? Oh, the, the first one is what? What is your first one now? The first question is, how do you think current prisons need to support trans women in general and, or trans black women? Oh, what they need to do is they need to make an institution for all of them, for mm-hmm. number one. Mm-hmm. You, are, are, you, are, you need to make a, a several institutions for them. And if they identify coming through your system as a trans woman, not a trans man, a trans woman, mm-hmm. you need to set up institutions and you need to send them directly there. You do not need to put them in men institutions, male mm-hmm. institutions, which is what they did to me. You do not need to do that. But number one, you need to, you need to get rid of all of that. That's number one. You need to set up institutions where trans women need to be housed at. Mm-hmm. That's what you need to do. But number one, you don't need to house them around cis men. You don't need to house them around racist white men. You don't need to house them around that type of shit. You need to get prisons open for them. So they can specifically go for trans women. And if they identify in your system as a trans woman, that's where they need to go in. You don't need to. They, see, they didn't do that to me. They housed me with with men, cis men, hard men. And that's just, that's wrong. Yeah. But that's what they do in Florida. So that's what they do in Florida. You can have, that's where they you can identify as a woman and all that. And they still will put you with a male. They'll still do that. Yeah. You can have big titties on your chest. You can have all this shit and they'll still throw you in a male's prison. That's insane. Right, that's what they do in Florida. That's exactly what they do. And that's what I'm telling you, it doesn't pay to get in trouble. Once mm-hmm. you get in trouble, you're stigmatized now. And I'm still paying for that now. It's certain things I can't get because I'm an ex I can't get, I can't go sign up for play, like apartments for my own stuff. I can't go sign, do this. I can't go do that. They won't even give me a job because of my record. Even and after I have you a, serve I have your a time. violent criminal pay. So even, they won't do it. Even after you serve your time. They don't even care nothing about that. Mm-hmm. Once they fingerprint you, because even on the applications that you fill out for jobs and the applications you fill out for housing, like apartments or houses or whatever, the first thing it says is have you ever been incarcerated? That's the first that's gonna be one of the first questions on the application. Mm-hmm. And if you lie and say, No, I never have, they're gonna do a background check on you, they're gonna run your name. And once it shows up that you have been, now you're not gonna even get so you lie. You know what I'm saying? Wow. So it's best to tell the truth, honey. Even if it hurt, it's best to tell the truth. Because you ain't going to get nowhere lying. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So it's not good to lie. Don't practice lying. Be real. Just tell the truth. Even if it hurts you or if it hurt the other person, still tell the truth. So Still tell the truth. Do you believe that prison should be abolished? Oh, yes. They need to, they need to, they need to, they need to dismantle all of them. Jail suit. They need mm-hmm. to dismantle all of them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because that's not helpful. I mean, from what I'm hearing from you. It's only harmful and it's dangerous to the human flesh, period. To the human being, period. 
Mm. It messes them up physically, mentally, and emotionally. Mm -hmm. and, and if they got any type of spiritual faith, it messes them up spiritually. It breaks them. Mm -hmm. It breaks them in half. It does. It really does. They need to dismantle all of that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I do believe that. I do believe that. You know, and as a person who has, you know, tried to be, uh, right now I'm, <laughs> I don't, and I just want to bring this up because we were talking a little bit about screw the prison pipeline and how, you know, a lot of these systems do lead people to um, future incarceration. Um, as a person who literally spent so much of my my life so far, you know, fighting to see that young people not be criminalized in schools and you know, um, basically set up to be in prison, in prison one day. Um, the work is, is, is tiring, you know, and, and, and here's what I will say. I know if it's tiring for me, it's even more tiring for the young people who are fighting through that system all day, every day. And I can't say by, by luck, I will say, that I have not experienced being incarcerated by luck, right? But what I will say is that it's so important for us to know each other's stories and to try to support each other, especially young people, right? But especially even as adults, right? To try to support each other how we can because, yeah, this this these punitive systems, the police prisons, uh, even our current school system, as you can see right now, we're in a pandemic and they're sending kids to school, even though COVID, uh, cases are rising. Uh, I hope that even just hearing Deanna's story and even hearing some of my experience as an educator fighting against, you know, school to prison pipeline, having to be in combat constantly with police and schools, that y'all can really understand that when people are on the streets and they're saying abolish or defund the police, we are talking about all of these things. We're talking about the systems that support punitive action, whether it be expulsion in schools, suspensions in schools, cops on um, school campuses, um, the foster care. My mom has worked in foster care for 20-something years. Um, so many different young people have come through my mom's doors who have extensive experiences, many things, you know. Um, I think too often, and Deanna, I don't know if you agree, like, we just allow people to disappear. We allow people to disappear. If we feel like the system that they're a part of, whether it be trans women, whether it be children, whether it be black people, we just are like, hey, it don't got nothing to do with me. And I just urge people, please, it definitely has something to do with you. It does. That's that, that's that slave mentality. See, they was taught that. See, that's that new millennial uh, 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 stuff right there, honey. That's all these new millennials that's running around out here today. See, they, have, they don't know their history, honey. They don't know their black history. They don't know their history. Because, see, they, what they rather do is they rather party, drink, and smoke instead of put, pick up a book and read. 
I think or they rather they rather play on their phone and mm-hmm. they don't they don't want it, it's not that they can't do it they don't want to educate themselves and I'm not they don't and want I, change. I'm not just even talking about millennials because I would be in the category of millennials you know from the age oh, they, so you got a lot of old folks like that too my age too absolutely so these are like systems that, that have been ingrained in us for so long oh yeah because they because this is what they've been taught across generations across color yep. lines across we have to um, extend our empathy and our compassion for each other so much more. So much more. Mm-hmm. And when you see something wrong and you don't say nothing, you you are part of the problem. You're not a part of the solution. If you see somebody jumping on somebody and you stand right there and you don't say nothing and you don't do anything, you are part of the problem. That's just the bottom line. There's no, there's no in between that. And that's why I love that boy Colin Kaepernick so good much because mm-hmm. he kneeled. And he refused to honor a flag that doesn't honor, you know, American people, black people. Our ancestors built America. Black slaves built America. This is really our country, America. And our indigenous brothers and sisters who are also Afro. This ain't no white. This is this is this is African American black people country. This is our country. And our Our ancestors built this country. Exactly. And shout out to our Afro-Indigenous family, too, and our Indigenous family on this soil, you know, who have also... That's right, but this is is our battleground. But see, people today have given the Caucasians power. They've given it to them. No more. So where does the freedom... this, This brings us to a great point. Where does the freedom after incarceration come in? Where Where have you found freedom? Where do you see freedom? How are you finding freedom personally, mentally, physically? Um, oh, I'm finding it personally because I'm just keeping going. You know, I make my own moves now. You know what I mean? Like I said, I find my own, I make my own plays, you know, and I do what's best for me. And you know what? And another thing I'm not going to do anymore is I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to try to uh, help somebody that just don't want to help themselves. I'm not going to do that anymore because that's, that's nonsense to me. If you don't want education and you don't want, you don't want to learn how to better yourself, or you, you refuse to do that, I'm just going to keep on, I'm going to find people that want to do that. And they'll come to you, you ain't got to find them, they'll come to you. You know, because they'll fall a couple of times on their face, and they'll get tired of falling on their face, and then they'll stand up, and they'll start walking. And that's just what it is. And that's why I was that's why I was really telling you to listen to that David Banner podcast, because yeah. that man is, he really telling us, he's talking about us, man, so this is very, and you can, you can write, you can take notes, you can take notes of that. Yeah. Because he is really telling you about the black people and about what's going on right now mm-hmm. and what's been going on for 57 years mm-hmm. before you and I was even born. Yes. Because you... it's like, you know, you not, you got to want to change. Like I said earlier, before we even got really got started, mm-hmm. you have to want to change. If you don't change, if you don't want to change, there will, there will be no change. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you can't wait for me to do it. You got to do it first. Mm-hmm. You got to you gotta lead by example. You can't wait for somebody else to do it. You got to do it. And then once you do it, then everybody else to fall in line. You can't wait for him to do it. You got to do it. You got to take the stand. That's what that's what Colin Kaepernick did. He took the stand to kneel. He did it first. And then after he did it, then you see everybody else started doing it. Exactly. So you got to do it. Exactly. And that, and who is he playing for? Speaking of the Bay Area, speaking of the Bay Area, you know, he was playing for um, San Francisco, what? 49ers. 49ers. And and what is known as progressive, the state, a progressive state. 
I think it's important to point that out. Even the most progressive places, you know, there 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 is anti-blackness, you know. But what I also will say and wanted to ask is like, do you are you also finding freedom in the process of like writing your your book and like yeah i'm finding yeah I, you know what now that's been a struggle because it's like i've been trying to do that for two years and i have not i have not completed that yet mm-hmm. i have not because i'm still searching for the right people to do that because i want that professionally done you want a, not, that's a not publisher gonna that's going to be thrown together we're not doing that we're not doing that absolutely it's your story you so, should have it how you so, want it huh I said, absolutely, it's your story. You should have it how you want it. It should be exactly what you want it to be. And if I can't get that, then it ain't going to be nothing at all. But I'm not going to settle for, it, for for less. I want the best with that. Because I'm not just going to, that's why I keep searching. And you know, anything that you want, you'll keep fighting till you get it. You'll mm-hmm. fight for it. So you're, 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 get it. you're looking for a publisher right now, right? I need a, I need, I need a, I know I need, I need someone to type it up. It needs to be typed up professionally and it needs to be edited. And it also needs to be turned into, uh, it needs to be pressed. It needs a couple of things. Mm-hmm. It needs a couple of things. And, and these people keep lying and they say, oh, well, we're going to help you with it, but they're not. So I'm, I'm searching on my own. I'm so we're doing a call out right back. now. We're doing a call out for folks um, as far as helping Deanna get her book out here. And if you know anyone who is willing to help with, you said publishing, editing, it needs to be typed up. It needs, all of it needs to be typed up. Because I have my manuscript. I wrote the, I handwritten the manuscript in prison. So it's handwritten. Mm. You know, you couldn't type it up in prison because they don't have no typewriters for inmates. So I, no yeah. typewriters. So what I had to do, honey, I had to put I had to put pen to tablet. Mm-hmm. Pen to tablet. <laughs> and, and, you know, and just thinking of freedom and just hearing about, you know, just what you've been talking about today. It seems like the process to freedom is uh, a continuous one, a day by day. Oh yeah, freedom, oh, freedom. But you know what? Freedom, freedom is never really freedom. You got to think about that too. Mm. That's something to really think about too. Freedom is never really freedom because you got people that ain't never been to jail and ain't never been to prison physically, but they in jail and prison in their mind. Speak it. Speak it. <laughs> so freedom. <laughs> so freedom is so breathe between the lines. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying, we are. Because mm-hmm. I'm gonna break it off. I'm gonna break it off like it needs to be broke off. Do it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sugarcoat nothing because I'm talking from experience. That's the only way you can talk. Mm-hmm. How can I tell you about children and I don't have children? Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how to raise no children. Mm-hmm. But you but know I your experience. I can tell you about my prison experience because I've experienced that. And but we've all experienced being children too. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I don't so, think we so, ever should discount yeah. that. I think our experiences as children really set the tone for so much that we experience in our adulthood and our teenagehood and all of those things. Um, and even just hearing from the beginning to now, you know, like you definitely talked about your, your childhood, you know, being a stepping Absolutely. stone to some of the things that you experienced throughout your life. Uh, Absolutely. And it says so much more how important it is to protect and, 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 and be there for children. But also something I'm learning recently is um, just thinking about that inner child work, coming to terms with, you know, maybe certain things I experienced as a child and being like, you know what, that was my truth. Mm-hmm. And now how do I move forward? 
that was no, my truth. Not it is, no, you know, because it, I, and I'll and I'll share this with you in the audience. And I, I haven't even told a lot of people this, but during this pandemic, I um I cried about something from when I was like maybe like six or seven years old that I had never cried about. I was like, I just sat there and cried and I was like, you know what? It is what it is. And and I can't say like the process is completely done with my inner child work, but it has been so much better since I've, 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 I've stepped into that. And I bring that up only to say that Yes, the process for freedom is long. It looks different for every single person, but like, it's moments where it's possible. Mm-hmm. It's moments where it's possible. Like, and I see you writing your book and like, and you know, getting the support you need to get it out there and publish so people can read it and 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 learn even from your experience, but also maybe feel validated in their experience. Is gonna give them a moment of freedom too. Like mm-hmm. that's right. It's like so important, you know. With so many people, I'm so happy that you came on because I think people need to hear. Like often, people are like reading about like, uh, yeah. Here's what happens when sometimes when people go to prison, like, or not even a lot, honestly. You know what I mean? And I don't think they see the connection. They don't see the connection. It's it's, it's connecting all of these things like and in this conversation you've been able to connect those things like hey listen some things in my childhood led me to make certain decisions right and then the people who should have supported me did not support me and that led me to other experiences and when I got to an experience where I was where you were saying like where I didn't think I could do it no more and the experience that you thought was would be your worst was somebody there to support you, and it was Sky. Absolutely. That's inc- like absolutely. it's incredible, and I, it's not to romanticize prison at all because absolutely, and I will say this from the bottom of my heart: fuck prison, um, forever. Like abolish it, destroy it, along oh, yeah, with. It needs to be dismantled. It dismantled. Needs to be burned to the ground. All of it. <laughs> All of it, you know, um, because people don't deserve to be treated like that. And it's not even to say, and it's not to say that people should not be held accountable for the things that they do to hurt other people. It's never to say that, but it comes a time where we're going to have to take responsibility for those things too, right? Mm -hmm. What does it look like for us to hold each other accountable when prisons are abolished? And I say when prisons are abolished because they will be. And when capitalism is has fallen apart, as we see it happening right now. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Who will you be and how will you show up for you yourself thrive? and for each other? That's right. How will you thrive when, when all that's gone? It, it's coming. When, when, everything, when everything is stripped away from you, will you still be able to stand and say, well, I'm a man. I'm a woman. Will you still be? These are the things that we need to be talking about. How are we supporting each other? How are we supporting each other's mutual yeah, we aid? We don't need to be talking about what somebody's sexual preference is. As a matter of fact, going to bed with, what I would really what love... Doing it, no, no, that's not what we need to be talking about. What I would really... We need to be, we need to be talking about, bitch, how are we going to right all these wrongs in America? 
It's police brutality. It's racism. It's sexism. These are things that we need to be talking about. How will we support each other? And as a matter of fact, as we're speaking about it, share that cash app with them so they know what's up. That's right. That drops up in that bitch. Drops up in that cash if they got a cash app. Tell us your cash app, please, Deanna. It's uh, it's it's uh, it's cash. It's dollar Deanna the dog four one five. Dollar sign Deanna the dog four one five. Deanna the dog four one five. Dollar sign. Dollar sign. The dollar sign in front. Dollar sign in front, and I'll be posting it. It's all lowercase letters. All lowercase. Deanna the doll is D E A N N A T H A. Absolutely. Talk about it. Because at the end of the day, you know, here's what I'll say. We're we're having this conversation on Martin Luther King Day. (laughs) Right. So let's let's bring that up. Right. Let's bring that up. Exactly. On this day. On this day. And 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 because he has not totally been here to tell his story. You know what has told his story? The truth, not just the whitewashed uh, um, kumbaya story that they like to tell about him. What has told his truth? What has told his truth, Deanna, is the same thing that's going to tell your truth. Your book, your manuscript, his, 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 the videos of his speeches. That has was. Is what has told the truth about his experience. Yes, yes, that is how, what has told the truth. Out. And all of the things that we've talked about today, whether it be even the fact that you could go to work one day and next day your job is gone and nobody had anything to say. Martin Luther King talked about the working class people. How he talked about racism. He talked about um, you know what it means to be compassionate and and have empathy for one another and never 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 once you know one of the men who did the um the um and i can't think of his name right now and y'all can research this but one of the men who started the million man march he oh, was a queer man and i, I know you were saying that's not yes, important to talk about but it is because yes, the was. fact remains when we don't talk about the stories of trans and queer people as 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 just as much figureheads as cis het people, then it gives people space to lack the empathy for 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 black trans women in general, right? That's why they the can't that, say yeah, they can the put the you in the girl. The day that kills me, right? You hear me? I'm listening. And they always somehow they hate black trans women. You hear me? Are these 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 so-called quote-unquote cisgender male, black male, they always claim that they hate black trans women, but then late at night they'll find themselves ending up in the bed with them, like creeping with them, picking them up on the street, and spending money on them, and all kind of crazy. There's shit. so many layers like, to that. It's so many layers of how other, and and I think we were talking about this earlier. How are people contributing when they don't support? When, when when black men are not being supported as being queer or trans themselves, you know they say hurt people will hurt people. Mm-hmm. That's true. Amen. That's a true fact. That's, that's fact. And we all contribute to it. And that's why I'm saying we all contribute to it when we do not support our family members who are queer and trans. Mm-hmm. All of it contributes. I'm sorry, and another Indiana. thing I don't want that, another thing I don't I don't I don't get and I don't respect either, but they do it 
It's like you can be out somewhere and you will see black people passing you, right? And they'll turn their nose up at you. But then they'll turn right around and look at the white person and speak to them and cater to them and give them all kinds of stuff. Mm. It's learned behavior. But you will look at your own race and you will look down. But I'm like, why are you playing with the white people and those are the ones that are hurting and killing them? There? It's learned. Why are you playing with the oppressor? Why are you doing it? It's learned behavior. It's learned yeah, it's un- behavior. Yeah. And it can be unlearned. And I don't ever want to act like I'm so high and mighty that I have not had to unlearn ways that maybe I have uplifted whiteness in my life. Because the fact remains that every black person who has grown up in America has 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 done that at some point. Whether it was survival, whether it was Stockholm Syndrome. And this is something, and on this MLK Day, this is something that people will, will not will not understand, right? They, uh, white people will not understand that a lot of the times having to come from a place of survival just because you are a black person will put you in a lot of situations. It puts our kids in a lot of situations. It puts you know, formerly incarcerated people in a lot of very fucked up situations. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and if you don't cater to certain whiteness, right, then you, then, then you won't be allowed to, to just live and thrive. I don't think people understand the, the detriment or, or, or the nuance of having to be in that mindset. And it does affect how we treat each other every day. It's really, it's really heartbreaking. But you know what? We're changing that right now, Deanna. You won't hear you telling your story. Ain't nobody else telling your story but you. That's it. And that's what it should be. Because can't nobody tell it but me. Ain't nobody lived it but me. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, that's, you can't, that, that's just like, I can't tell your story. I ain't lived your story. Absolutely. And I ain't lived his story or her story or whatever. So it's like, yeah, you have to let everybody tell their own story, whether it's an ugly story, mm-hmm. whether it's a pretty story, whether it's a whatever. It's their story. Absolutely. So so it don't matter. So just first and for, I mean, lastly, I do want to say I want to thank you so much for, for being here and telling your story. But I also, it's in hopes that more people can hear your story, right? And we can get this, this book published also. My last no, I, question. No, I want to, for number one, I want to thank you for, allow, for allowing this to, to make this happen because I was looking forward to this day. You know, I'm so happy and, to be doing this and, with you. you. Know, so I'm grateful. I'm just grateful for that for being uh, being able to be a, a cast on your on your podcast, a, a member, a guest. My bad, excuse me, a guest uh, on your platform. We <laughs> have to love up on each other. Period. Yeah. So it's and like yeah. Even though you know, even though you know, um, you know, I know. What I'm grateful for is I'm, I just thank God I made it out of a prison. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm grateful for. So, you know, I, 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 I talk to God every day. I play my gospel music. I do what I need to do. Mm-hmm. I ain't no saint. I ain't perfect. I'm a believer. I'm not a Christian. I'm a believer that there is a higher power. Mm-hmm. So, because I, I don't want people to get that twisted. People say, oh, well, you, I thought you was a Christian. No, 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 baby. I'm not a Christian. I'm a believer in a higher power. Mm-hmm. So, I don't want them to get that twisted because I'm not living the way that Bible say live. I, I don't, that's, that was a man-made written book. So I'm not living according to that. Speaking. I have my own personal uh, spiritual faith with the Lord. What me and God got, the Bible, it has nothing to do with the Bible. It's a one-on-one thing. 
It's a one-on-one thing. Speak it, because that's the so first thing people is, try this to is, say. This is where people get it twisted at. I don't want you to get it twisted. Because I had to correct somebody about that like two days ago. And they was like, oh, but I thought you was a Christian. No, 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 you never heard me say that. Baby, I've never, and you've never, you couldn't have thought nothing like that because I never said that. And what would it mean if you were that you should be a perfect person, never do anything wrong? I know, yeah, wrong. you ain't supposed to do no wrong. And no, I'm like, every, everybody in the Bible did wrong. All the biblical people oh said that did wrong. We can talk about that one all day, even how it's connected so to guess, white supremacy. A, like, but we, it, it, that's, another, that's another form of people putting you inside of a box. Oh, but I thought you was this. I thought you did that. No, you didn't think anything because you never heard me say that. So what you did is you assumed something. And when you assume, you make an ass out of you and me. So it's not good to assume. S A S. Yeah, don't do that. S A A. I mean A S S U M E. Never assume anything. Don't assume. Ask questions. That's how you find out. That's how we build community. Period. Ask questions. That's exactly. If you lost about something, you ask me. Say, Deanna, well, are you this? Don't assume that I'm that. Ask me about that. And that's how we build community every day. Yeah, because if I want to know something about you, I'm not going to say, oh, well, I thought you was going to do this. No, I'm going to ask you what you're going to do. Either you're going to tell me no or yeah. Or you're going to say, well, I never said that. Exactly. So that's why, but I'm not going to say, well, I thought you was going to do that. No, I couldn't have thought that because you didn't tell me. Exactly. And speaking that's of, called a, that's called a lack of, that's, that's called a lack of communication when you do things like that. That's absolutely. What that's and I mean, the only way we can build community is if we get to know each other. And we That's ask it. questions because the That's assumptions, it. like you said, it's not only um, it's a situation where you are. That's how people build fear off of assumption. That's how people That's right. become violent off of assumption. And we, mm-hmm. we're seeing this right now when we lack um, the know of each other and, and, and asking the right questions to get to know each other and build community. We find ourselves in situations where people are getting hurt. That's you can right. see or that killed. in or all... Killed. Or killed. Or killed. Absolutely. Yeah, hurt or killed. Exactly. That's right. And that's so what we're like, seeing right now. Like, play like, out. It's like, girl, you know, I, I learned so much being in prison, girl. I educated myself about my black history, girl. That's where mm-hmm. I educated myself at, girl. Because this, and so going to prison, it really opened my eyes to a lot of things. Yes, it was an ugly scene. Yes, it was. Mm-hmm. And yes, I went through a lot of things inside. Yes, I did. But at the end of the day, at the end of the story, girl, I learned. I educated myself, girl. Mm-hmm. I didn't just lay on my ass. I educated myself. Absolutely. And that Every was going to be... I went through books, magazines. I went to school inside that shit. I did that until they pulled all the school out. Mm. You know, girl, I did everything I could do to, to keep myself focused in an ugly-ass situation. Because mm. it was very ugly. And it was times I didn't want to. It was times I didn't want to go on no more. And then that's when I ran into people like Scott, people that done been in prison forever. And it's like, girl, they saw something in me, girl, that I didn't see in myself, which meaning I was going to make it out, girl. Because mm-hmm. I told myself, okay, I wasn't gonna never make it out. Either I'm gonna kill somebody in this motherfucker and do the rest of my life in here, or the police gonna kill me in this bitch, and I'm never gonna make it out. That's what I had told myself. Mm-hmm. But somebody saw something in me that I did not see in myself. And they was like, bitch, it's not going to go like that. Mm-hmm. You see it like that, but that ain't how it's going to go. You're going to make it out of here, and that's just that. And my girlfriend told me that, and that, that's what happened. She was like, bitch, watch what I tell you. They're going to call you one day and tell you to pack your shit, and you're going to get about it, bitch. Mm-hmm. You are not going to die here. You are not going to kill a bitch in here. Because I did have a couple of nice fights in there. 
I did have to fuck people up about playing with my money. I did go through a lot. I did end up getting, like, a, a, dude, a dude scratched me. He didn't stab me. He just, like, slashed a little bit. But it wasn't nothing. He, he played. After he, after he fucking swung the, the shank, he dropped the bitch. And I'm like, why didn't you kill me? You had a chance to kill me. You really didn't. You was, you was acting out of fear. But I tried to kill him because I stepped him in the neck and the head. I tried to kill him, though. But see, he was reacting out of fear. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But I'm like, girl, don't play dirty games like that with my money. If you owe me something, give it to me. I hate for someone to steal from me. I hate for someone to lie to me. Girl, it's a couple of things I just don't uh, tolerate, girl. I don't like a lie. I don't like a thief, girl. If you tell me something, that's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to do. Now, if I tell you something, if I say, okay, well, you know, if I say, well, we're going to hang out tomorrow, that's what we're going to do. I ain't going to change my mind. That's what we're going to do. And I'm going to make time to do that. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's like, I'm not going to give you no false promises. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to lie to you. I'll say, okay, but we're going to meet up. We're going to link up. I, I tell you, okay, girl, I'm gonna, when I'm going to fly to New Orleans uh, in March, mm-hmm. and then you look for me, and I don't show up. Mm. See, I, these are little things I look for in people. You know, our word is all we got. Our word is all we got. Mm. I, I do have one one last question, and I and I... I do love our word is what we have and our actions for sure, right? Because absolutely, absolutely. Um, no, yeah, that's right. I don't go no, I don't go off a word, I go mm-hmm. off action. But I'm saying if you give a man your word, you need to stand on that. You need to honor that. Absolutely. That's a part of building trust, right? You can't that's build right. trust. That's right. That's right. <laughs> we don't trust each other because every time we say something we don't do it. You then don't follow through. It's all in that community building aspect, and this, and that's what's so important. Everything that we've talked about today feeds into what I've been trying to learn more about, and even it's you know it's now called restorative justice, right? And and mm-hmm. we've talked about some of the aspects today, the aspect of community building when you were speaking about asking people questions and not assuming, the aspect of what it looks like when someone has harmed someone, right? And and, and different ways we can go about um, responding to that, right? Um, and it not being punitive, which is the prison system, right? And then this this aspect of building trust, right? Because when your trust is broken, it's hard to um, build community because then you just overall don't, have a level of um of trust in the process in general right so Mm -hmm. i mean you had to trust me to come on here and know that uh that i'm going to allow your story to be exactly as is um in your words and the way that we're building that is be we held a date and we we stuck to it and we held each other accountable and we was here to do it with each other, and this is and a form honor, of, and see, I honor stuff like that, and that's a because form of us building like, community oh, well, with one another. It up and then you did not do, mm-hmm, and then absolutely. And there would have been no way I could reach you, or you wouldn't have responded to a text mm-hmm. message or a phone call, mm-hmm. you know, and stuff like that. Because people play games like that too. They'll tell you, okay, what well, we're gonna do. I've had people do that to me out here all the time. I've had people say, well, okay, well, I'm gonna call you. We're gonna uh, go hang out tomorrow, or we're gonna, this was before the pandemic got started. Or we're going to set up a date and time to do that. And they gave mm-hmm. me a date at a time. And then when that date and time came, there was a no-show. There was another no-show. I will do what is in my capacity always. 
And so what I do want to say, um, and, and I want to ask this last question because I want you to, um, you know, give this bit of, of advice or freedom to someone today. Um, why do you feel that this topic in general, whether it be about um, freedom, whether it be about prison, abolition, why do you think that these important these conversations are important to our community? Because they're not talked about enough and they should be. Because the reason why they should be talked about is because it's a part of someone's life. It's a part of their, their history. Mm-hmm. So it is that's all the more reason why it's more important that you need to talk about more of these topics. And it doesn't matter if you ain't never been to prison or you ain't never been to jail. A thousand people have. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's important for you to talk about these issues. You need to attack the issues that that is not being attacked. Mm-hmm. You don't need to attack somebody, somebody, with somebody going to bed with somebody, like I said earlier, or who somebody motherfucking robbed, or who somebody whatever, because this stuff always goes on. Somebody always get robbed. Somebody always get killed. Somebody always get shot. This is normal shit now. But the ugly shit that happened in somebody's life, you did not talk about that. Somebody might have got raped. Somebody might have got, you know. What leads them to those actions. Yeah, anything Mm -hmm. could happen. Somebody somebody might have got their legs cut off. You know, these are things you need to talk about. You need to talk about the why. Okay, why why did their legs get cut off? I'm curious now. What happened? Did Mm -hmm. they have a disease? Mm -hmm. What happened? Did 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 their leg get shot off? You know, you need to find out the the, the dark side of shit, that's what you need to attack, the dark side. Don't just attack the pretty side. Don't talk mm-hmm. about the pretty side. Talk about the ugly side. Talk about the nasty side. That's what you need to attack. Do you feel you like can, that's where the freedom is and the truth? Absolutely. In the ugly side, absolutely. That's where it's at. Because it's the whole story. Thing. It's the whole story. It's not just one half of the story. And I, you know what? It's this, it's this, um, Chimamanda Ngozi, she has this uh, TED Talk, and it talks about the danger of a single story, right? So often, the single story is like, this person, like you said, did this violent act. That's all we need to know. Or this person was was murdered, and then that's all we need to know. And in between all of those things, so much is lost, so much of the story is lost, so much of both of those people's truth. And it's not to say that, you know, someone deserves to be hurt or, or murdered or whatever the case might be, but it's to say, and not knowing the full story and all of the things that happened in between and all the people that could have supported that not happening because they were quote unquote minding their business a little bit too much about the wrong things. That's where we lose um, the freedom to decide, to make a different choice. Um, and I just, yeah, I just want to thank you. I mean, if you could define freedom right now, what would it be? And then we're going to say goodbye to our audience. (laughs) But yeah, if you could define freedom right now, what would it be? Let someone live their truth, regardless of their sexual preference and sexual gender, whatever they identify as, let someone live their truth in peace. Mm-hmm. That would be true freedom. That means keep your, your racist comments, your racist behavior to yourself. Don't mm-hmm. display that unto other people. Let a person live the way they choose to 
mm-hmm. and let them live comfortable, even if you don't agree with it, you mm-hmm. still let them live that. That's true freedom in America. Yeah, as long as it ain't hurting nobody, I ain't got nothing to say. Yeah, just as long, yeah, long, yeah, the way mm-hmm. I live, who I do, whatever I do with, how does that affect you? How does that affect you? If I'm laying with another man, if I'm laying with a woman, if I'm laying with both, how does that affect you? It does. How does it affect you? How is it harming you? That's what I want to know. How is it harming you? If they can show me how that's hurting them, then I'll rectify it. I'll correct that. What a good question. How is it? How is it harming you? How is it impacting you? Whether it be positive or negative, how is it impacting you? That's a question that we all need to ask ourselves constantly. Mm-hmm. That, That's right. That, That's Deanna. Right. Thank you so much, my, Deanna. Yeah, my thing is this: live and let live. That's it. Live and let live. So y'all heard what Deanna had to say. Um, I will be posting Deanna's um, cash app also in the description. And I just want to thank you all for being here today and listening. I also want to thank you so much, Deanna. Um, oh, you're quite welcome, dear. For being here and sharing your story because it is going to be not only so important, hopefully, to your own healing, but other people's too, you know? this, uh-huh. Like Deanna said, she's going to give you the raw truth, and that's all she's going to give you. Um, nothing in between. So, again, thank y'all, love y'all, and really have a dope day or night whenever you're listening to this. All right. Peace out.